Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, helping higher education marketing leaders share knowledge about learning, strategies, and tactics that are relevant today. See what you can learn today by listening to one of our episodes. Welcome to Higher Ed Demand Gen Video Podcast by Concept3D. Uh, a little bit about Concept3D. We have served the education community for over a decade with our award-winning interactive maps and virtual tours. Improve your campus communications, engagement, and recruitment with our powerful visual communication tool. My name is Shiro Tori. I will be your host today. I'm speaking out of our snowy office here in Denver, Colorado today. It is really coming down here. And today I'm joined by Marketing Cloud Solution Advisor at Purdue's Alumni Association, Martin Sikafus. Very excited for you to join us today. Um, do you wanna start us off with a quick fact? Fun fact about yourself? Uh, fun fact, I've been at Purdue University for a little uh, under 17 years. And so I've been, you know, half of my career spent in higher ed. Um, but uh, in, the, in the past, I've done everything from working trade shows uh, to doing different uh, environmental graphics and actually and had my own uh, agency in Pittsburgh. I didn't know about the agency. That's awesome. Was that an yeah. off track in between your 17s or 17 years or before that? Right before, actually. Very cool. Sweet. So I know you said you've been working with the, both the, the central marketing team and now you're on the alumni team. How are those two uh, marketing departments different um, in the things that you do, the way you target, how you speak to your customers? Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. So in the central marketing side of the world at Purdue, the focus is really on brand and brand storytelling. And so it's now run uh, with a, a different CMO, Ethan Braden, and they're doing a tremendous job of really boosting the Purdue brand. Uh, my role in the past was working and focusing on digital marketing for Purdue and overseeing the website and the mobile and social um, side of the world. But when you're at central marketing, you're talking to one to you know millions of people. You're looking for prospective students who want to come to Purdue's campus. You're talking with, you know, their parents as well. You're also kind of reaching out to alumni and, and donors, but in a smaller facet, not so targeted. But then you've got corporate partners and government partners, um, people that just want to know and follow the, the brand from a sporting or athletics perspective. So you've got this wide range of people you're kind of trying to kind of cast that net around. And so it's really interesting to look at central marketing and focus on the brand of who is Purdue, what is Purdue all about. And um, since my time there, you know, I moved over into the alumni side in 2017, it's totally shifted and the brand's just gotten stronger and stronger visibly um, and the stories that are being told and even how we're, um, you know, focused on protecting our students here on campus has really been, you know, a tremendous uptake uh, from the, the office that I used to be a part of. Um, when you step into alumni marketing, it's kind of interesting, and the whole reason I stepped over is the, the challenge of, you know, really focusing on your alumni and the donors, and you get a few friends that kind of tag along with that, again, from the athletic side, but to me, you know, I was speaking one to 630,000 alumni as opposed to one to millions of people, and so when you've got that kind of focused audience, it makes it a little easier and sometimes a little bit more challenging because they know Purdue, they know the brand, they're, they're you know, friends, family and, and donors and, and alumni of the brand, mm -hmm. but you've got to talk to them as if, you know, you've got to be that resource for them. 
So to me, it's really kind of interesting to be able to step into a, a smaller market uh, or a smaller audience base, but think of the new ways to really re-engage them because their experience of Purdue may have stopped, you know, two years ago or may have stopped 50 years ago. And they have that memory and that perception of what Purdue is, but Purdue's constantly changing. So you're always out there trying to tell that story of this is the new part of Purdue. This is why you need to come back to campus for homecoming. This is how you need to engage with us again. Was there a big shift to messaging when you switched teams? I, I presume because you're talking to a different audience. Yeah, it's a little bit of shift. So, you know, in similar facets, um, when you're at central marketing, you're trying to be that resource for all those audiences, especially those prospective students. Uh -huh. You're trying to tell them what their future could be. When you're talking to alumni, one of the big things that we were focused on was trying to be a resource for our alumni. Um, most of the time when I would go out and speak to audiences and, and announce that I was part of our alumni association, I'd always ask, what's your first perception of the alumni association? And, and it, resoundingly, everybody would be like, you're the people that ask me for money. And like, <laughs> no, that's not actually us. That's a, our foundational side, which are the, the fundraisers. And you know, there's a necessity for fundraising, but I was on just the total engagement side. And so I always tried to explain, we're here to be a resource for you. So whether that's trying to find your way back to campus, you know, if, you know, people sometimes need, uh, you know, th their past records from campus, we've got that kind of pipeline. But more importantly, how do we kind of create a wellness aspect for our alumni and be there as that resource for them, where, whether it's, you know, a personal or a professional or even, you know, intellectual kind of growth and learning kind of capacity, how can we be that resource for our alumni that they can come back to us and ask us those questions and if we don't know the answers, we can point to the people that would. Got it. Okay, that's great. So we, instead of just asking for donations, you're really trying to engage and create resources for your alumni. What are right. what are some of the like tactics you're using to actually achieve that? So a lot of it is you know email outreach and social media. So still in that kind of digital vein, mm -hmm. and we've seen that you know email and social are really those connection points. Uh, you know, certain demographics uh, respond to certain parts of, you know, Facebook versus Instagram. Um, we've got Pinterest got accounts and we've, you know, talked about the social landscape and how you can reach different demographics. And also a lot of them still respond to, you know, the emails that we send out or even direct mail pieces. Um, we have a, an alumni magazine that we send out, you know, uh, now twice a year um, yeah. in a digital format to tell those stories of, Here's what, you know, your fellow peers or alumni are doing. Here's what's happening on campus. Here's a message from our CEO or a message from the president of the university. And it's really, you know, reaching out to those different venues of engagement or I guess different media type of engagement that you can mm -hmm. really kind of gain that interest in, and see how people are, you know, responding to you. So I heard about seven different marketing channels just now, uh, direct yeah. mail, email, social media, uh, what else? Phone. How big is your team that you're working with? That sounds like a lot to manage. So, so the marketing team here within the, the Purdue for Life Foundation is about 15 people. 
Uh-huh. Um, and that's kind of in transition as well. So I've stepped out of, you know, my leadership of marketing from the alumni side and focused more on the marketing engagement and marketing automation side, not only for the uh, foundation, but also across our campus again. And so the, the team's now led by our assistant vice president, Lisa Talley, who's overseeing the creative editorial and production team that focuses on that marketing. And it's a team of about 16 people, um, you know, graphic designers, multimedia designers, videographers, um, editors, social media people, uh, a web person to pull it all together. And so it, it's kind of a comprehensive team and about the size of the team, uh, digital marketing wise that I was managing at Purdue mm-hmm. and Central Marketing. Gotcha. I, I, I know you mentioned sev- several channels and I know the audience is a little different for like, let's say Facebook, versus Pinterest, are you segmenting the content and the things you're sending them based on channel and audience as well? Yeah, I was going to say a lot of that is kind of focused on here's the same theme of the message, but how Mm -hmm. do we change it tone wise? How do you kind of adapt that and adjust it for the audience or the demographic? So with some of our older audience, and that's where, you know, we see our older audience engage with us on Facebook a little bit more than Instagram or, you know, the, you know, Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes so sense. you'll kind of get a chance to tell the story and add a video to it and ask for, you know, kind of a um, make a call or an ask for a gift or, you know, to register for an event. So Facebook's really a great platform for that. Whereas our younger audience really kind of responds to, you know, the video that we put into Twitter or, mm-hmm. you know, an Instagram takeover and we've got, you know, students running around doing some things on campus and showing off what, you know, is happening on campus. Um, I used to kind of joke because even in central marketing, uh, walking across campus and you'd hit a snowy day like you've got there in Colorado, I would actually take pictures as I was walking to the office and hand them off to a social media person to post and the flood of people that would comment on that were the parents of our students that had dropped them off in August and never seen campus and snow, or our alumni that were reminiscing over, oh, I remember what campus used to look like and what building is that? And so it really started a conversation just by simple things like posting what campus looks like in snow. Wow. So like, was that your plan when you posted that first video? Were you like, okay, this is going to be the video that gets engagement or... Just no, it, it was just more or less just kind of trying things out and yeah. seeing, you know, what it looks like. And as I'd walk across campus coming into the office, it was a perfect chance to say, you know, we've got some iconic, you know, statues and different landmarks on campus. Taking pictures of those in the snow just, you know, gave us a, a gallery of things of this is what's going on in campus today. And, and it brings a lot of, you know, memory back for, you know, even recent alum had to make that you know trek across campus and you know 10 inches of snow or something <laughs> yeah we want a snow day right <laughs> um, no that is. <laughs> um i know uh you talked about a, a couple metrics on how you gauge success what are some of the things you were really looking at as a gauging success in your current position and or with your alumni association yeah to, to me, it's always about data. Uh, um, we can go back and measure pretty much everything that we do outreach-wise, um, mm-hmm. whether it's you know sending out magazines with survey cards in them or sending out a digital version of the magazine just to see how people respond. Um, now it, it's kind of about open rates and click-through rates and email and looking at what that journey path is um, and you know measuring you know Google Analytics website traffic. 
and seeing where you know the, those references are coming from is somebody clicking on something in social media that's taking them into our website and then are they you know signing up for an event are they converting on making a gift from there we can kind of measure that behavior path and to me that's really phenomenal because then i can start to track all those behavior paths and where it's kind of interesting you start out you know really large scale and measuring everybody that's coming through you can start to segment based on the demographic of you know where where they're coming from as well as who's you know coming through and looking at you know age groups and then you can kind of start to do broad you know general persona or personalization or you know personas around okay we know this type of demographic is going to respond to this email and click through and go here and possibly make a gift eventually you can take that broad you know scope of persona marketing and turned it into a very one-to-one -one kind of personalization marketing based on this is how I know people are, you know, engaging with us. They clicked on this social media piece. They went over, signed up for an event. They've attended four different events and they really like this one. And now they're making a donation based on this. I'm, try I'm trying to picture that all in my head right now. Yeah, I was going to say, and it's, it's really nice because, you know, um, from a CRM perspective, it's collecting all that data. Yeah. And from all those tangential pieces, you've mm -hmm. got, you know, what's coming from social, what's coming from web, what's coming through a phone call, and, you know, what's coming from, you know, direct mail interactions, people sending us checks. And you start to collect all of that, and then you put it into a CRM where you can really kind of measure what that 360-degree view of a, a person is and see their interactions and now we're just starting to you know collect all that data but then actually kind of explode it out a little bit to where well now i know this person works at this corporation they're you know one of 1200 people that also went to purdue that are working for this corporation and you can kind of track that and then you can talk to that corporate partner and say listen you've got 1200 Purdue alumni working there. Is there something we as the foundation or the association mm. can do to re-engage them and to make them happier in their workplace? And again, be that resource for them and you know, make your, your corporation stronger because you've got a stronger base of Purdue alumni working for them that feel connected to each other, but also feel connected to your, your company. And I suppose that that brings better applicants to their company too, right? And so it's a win-win exactly. relationship. It, it definitely is. You know, the more that you have kind of that insight on the individuals you're, you know, tracking, working with, mm -hmm. um, you know, from a marketing perspective, you always kind of think it's a little creepy because you do things like retargeting ads and pull yeah. people in <laughs> from places, but you're providing them that really kind of personalized experience. And to me, um, I think that's what a lot of people are now expecting. And so that's where measuring this, collecting all this and, and storing it. So you can go back and make references. And like I said, you can kind of go both ways. You can get to that personalized level and collect all that data, but they're one person of this type of group. And so how do we market to this group? But then sooner or later, it's like, well, I know this one person really likes this and I can market very specifically to them. Got it. Yeah. I think this is one of the topics we talked about on our intro call together and uh, how you're really passionate about personalization and marketing. And I think the example you gave me was uh, a lot of people at Purdue are study engineering, but they'll go off and be uh, a lot of uh, business folks, right? 
they'll go from engineering into business and tracking that data so that you're providing relevant information in the future as, as a resource as opposed to engineering information. Right. And that was super interesting. Do you have like some grand plans in, in place uh, for your future at Purdue in terms of uh, Salesforce marketing cloud and all this personalization that you're doing? Well, I think it comes down to working with our campus partners to figure out what that personalization and that path is. Um, to me, it always comes back to what a customer journey is and whether it's a, a customer journey for a prospective student where we know, you know, where they're coming out of high school, if they're local, if they're, you know, in the United States or even international, the marketing's different because you talk to them in a different way. Um, if it's an alumni, you can kind of gauge on how long they've been out of school to, to really kind of tie that message back and forth. It's knowing what that customer journey is. And the more we talk across campus to look at those customer journeys, we can track those interactions. So as you put it, you know, we are a STEM-based school. So focused on engineering, you know, science and technology as well. Um, but we also have a college of liberal arts, which I'm a, I'm a grad of. Now, I probably align myself more with our business school based on the marketing that I do. Mm -hmm. and, but, you know, I know all the people that work here. And so to me, going from being a graphic designer when I graduated 30 years ago to being a marketer where I am now, my allegiance, I guess, is slightly shifted. And I'm more interested in, you know, engaging with other alumni that are marketing as opposed to the alumni that are graphic designers. Right. That makes sense. Nothing wrong with it, but my career's evolved. And if Purdue knows how my career's evolved, then they can market to me better. And so to me, that's what we need to kind of find out. Um, plans across Purdue, you know, we're looking at marketing automation and how we tie all that information back into each other. Um, so we know what's really resonating. And I think when we first talked, one of the things I've always strived for for probably the last 10 years or so in my career is really finding out how we do that personalization, whether it's you know, web, mobile, or social, uh, or email to make it resonate with people. And you know, we all kind of talk about it in the industry of kind of the, the Netflix or Amazon version of our websites. But in higher ed, that's kind of hard to find because you've got so many audiences. And so it's yeah. really, how do you identify the audience as they're coming to your website to say, oh, you're a prospective student, flip the whole website design to say, here's what you need to know as a prospective student. Well, then when that student turns around and shares that you know, website with their parents, it's like, well, how do you track it and change it for the parent of a prospective student? Or how do you change it to a current student or a faculty staff or an alumni? And so you kind of look and shift. And that's where I think collecting all this data is going to make it a lot better for us to be able to understand how do we personalize our website? How do we personalize these experiences of engagement with our, our you know, audiences to make it so they know that we care about them? And, and that's you know, the goal of pretty much every corporate out there. But you know, other than the, the retail organizations that you're seeing it from in higher ed, it's really kind of hard to predict to say, okay, well, yeah, we know this is. about, you know, X person, this is how we want to market to them. Yeah, that's super interesting. Creating a Netflix head of your marketing channel for higher ed. I think it'd be awesome. great. And, and I know there's a lot of us out there in higher ed that are doing personalization and different right. things with our websites and how we do our emails. Um, but we've got to get it down to that science of 
I know what Martin's interested in. This is how I'm going to market to him. I know where he gives and why he gives and what, you know, is really an affinity to him. This mm -hmm. is how I want to speak to them because then you feel like, okay, Purdue's listening to me and I might be one of 630,000 alumni, but when I'm spoken to in a personalized fashion, I feel like it's a one-to-one -one conversation as opposed to one to 600,000. Yeah. I mean, when you say the number of 630,000, that's like terrifying for me to hear. I mean, I'm, my marketing list is a couple thousand and I'm trying to personalize and like, how do you even get started with that? Like with segmentation and <laughs> creating groups? Well, you know, we've got a, a lot of good partners that do a lot of data, you know, analysis for us and figure out what segmentations are, but it is, you know, us kind of listening and seeing what resonates. And, and it's a lot of tests. You can't just, you know, jump into 2022 and say, here's my personalized website and, and you know, it works. Um, the changes we made to the Purdue website really started, you know, philosophically in 2012 with some ideas that manifested itself in 2014. Um, we changed the site in 2014, 2015, and 2017 based on what we were seeing data-wise, and we're still doing that. And so that's where you've got to get it. It's, you can't just you know, say, this is it, and this is the personalized version. Just like you know, Amazon and, and Netflix have to keep changing, we need to be doing that too. And so it's ever evolving piece, which is why I really like digital marketing and that facet of, you know, looking at the personalization side, because there's always new tech around there's always something new that we can add in or tie in and, okay, this is how we're going to interact with somebody. This is the way they prefer. Um, you know, we are a Salesforce client, but one of the things that I found really interesting is last year when Salesforce purchased Slack, now, where does Slack come into the interactions that we could actually have with our alumni or constituents on Slack, um, as opposed to sending them out emails? It's like, join the Slack channel and have this conversation. Would that resonate with them? Or is it something that they'd be like, oh, it's just one more thing that I need to focus on? Or would they feel like, hey, you know, Martin's sitting behind the screen and having this conversation with me on Slack. This is something that's really interesting. Yeah, I remember that purchase. I haven't even thought about that yet. Maybe it'll take, my guess is maybe two years, something will come out because it's probably about the time when Pardo started doing some Well, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> I, I think, you know, things are rapidly changing. Just yeah, what right. we've seen in the last two years. Um, you know, I had had some conversations with other, other alumni marketing peers. Um, we all had to kind of ramp up really quickly in March of 2020. Unfortunately, uh, Purdue and our alumni association and our engagement side were really highly, you know, already doing things digitally. We were already doing webinars. We were already doing things. It took us some tweaking to figure out what our audience wanted to know. But when everybody went into pandemic mode, it was like, well, do we take advantage of this and offer a bunch more stuff? Do we still kind of be that wellness resource and try to offer, you know, things around you know, personal activities and, and right, you know, right. calming activities. And, and so it took us probably six months to kind of really learn and get under our, you know, belts, what we knew would resonate with our audience. And um, I think it's kind of funny because I think all of us were in that same boat, you know, March and April were the months of, you know, webinars around, this is how you learn to work remote. And this is how you manage a remote team. And this is what it's like using Zoom. Right. And that quickly, you know, evolved into, 
people, you know, being burned out and myself included, you know, yeah. I would have, you know, back-to-back -back Zoom meetings, you know, 30-minute segments out of each day and have, you know, 16 different meetings. And then it kind of like calmed down. But for our audiences, then we saw that, okay, not everybody wants to learn, learn. They want to learn things that they find interesting and, and have an affinity for. Um, one of the biggest things that we found is, you know, uh, we had a, a great idea from some of our staff to do uh, some of our educators. We have a, a, um, a college of education, so we ha have a lot of school teachers. Well, we had all of our school teachers volunteer, and they read bedtime stories at like 7 o'clock every night for like two weeks during the pandemic, just to give a break to, you know, parents and kids and everything, and that resonated well. And then we found that, you know, doing a wine appreciation webinar really resonated to the point where people wanted to do the wine courses. So we worked with, you know, across campus with our Purdue Online uh, team to develop wine courses that we could get people engaged with. And they could do, you know, one, uh, one week kind of wine course or six one week wine courses and learn wine appreciation from some of our, you know, um, agriculture or college of agriculture staff. And that really, you know, picked up of hey, this is something fun to do. And yeah, I'm on Zoom, but I'm learning something that I'm really interested in learning as opposed to I'm sitting in another Zoom meeting with, you know, my right, supervisor right. or, you know, I'm just, you know, going to church on Zoom or, you know, just catching up with people on Zoom. So it took a lot of testing, a lot of learning to see this is what's going to resonate with our audiences. Got it. That's amazing. Yeah, I just, I, I definitely feel that zoom fatigue especially on Mon mondays so um definitely there with you and i mean that's part of the reason we're shifting the name of this as well i think you know a webinar a structured webinar is a thing of the past slightly right and so i'm trying yeah. to shift and create something new here as well and well i think the conversations always help right and, yeah and that's the one thing i love about higher education is um we're, there's no competitive space, you know, other than basketball courts and football fields. <laughs> we're all open to sharing. And when you do share, you'll find 50 other people that raise their hand and like, we're going through the same thing at my university. Do you want to talk? And we just sit down and share ideas. And that's, you know, one of the, the huge things that I love about higher ed is that everybody's willing to help one another. And, and I don't think you find it in a lot of industries. I'm sure there's, you know, other industries where this happens too, mm -hmm. but we're not, you know, a pharmaceutical company that's sharing, you know, industry trade secrets. Yeah. We're sitting here saying, this is how you can make it better. And uh, I, I think that's phenomenal for an industry like higher ed to do. That is a perfect segue into my next question, which is, uh, do you have any advice for, uh, I, this question before was about alumni marketing, but I think we can we can just switch to higher ed in general. Do you have any advice for higher ed marketers just starting their careers? I know you just mentioned one, but any yeah, other advice? Yeah, I was going to say for those who are interested in marketing and higher ed and just kind of starting out, learn as much as you can. Um, to me, the field's always shifting and changing, and even though the technology players like Salesforce and other groups uh, are, are out there and evolving as well. Listen to how they're evolving and what they're finding kind of fascinating. Um, we, we talked about Slack and that how possibly can evolve into 
better communication. But it is thinking through those ideas and know that, especially in digital marketing, tomorrow's going to be a different day and there's going to be a new solution and a new tool. So the more that you learn about it, you know, kind of figure things out. Um, If you're landing at an institution, the first question I would be is, what does your customer journey look like? And to me, that's really important because then it kind of shows you, one, what the institution thinks of the customer journey, but two, where you as the marketer can kind of influence parts of that journey. And whether it's influenced through content and the messaging that you're sending out or the tone Mm -hmm. or the brand influence or the technology you're using to get to that, that segment, it just helps you understand that whole path of, okay, this is where a prospective student comes from. And is it a Google search or is it somebody, you know, that went to their, went to your school that, you know, your dad or your grandfather or something. And so figuring out what those customer journeys are and all the points along the way to me is really important. Got it. Are there some resources that you, you know, use to learn about the industry specific to higher ed on a Um, weekly basis or anything? Uh, weekly basis. So, you know, Salesforce has their trailhead, which is a free resource to do training and learning the technology and the CRM and that marketing yeah. tech stack side of it. Um, there's a group called High Ed Web, which is all around, uh, you know, digital professionals that are in higher education. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a part of that and I used to be on the board and it's a great place where people share all their experiences and their information. There's quite a few others. There's EduWeb, there's Content Ed, which is based in the UK to talk explicitly around content. But I would kind of surf through Facebook and more LinkedIn to find some of those content marketing people or digital marketing people, because there are a wealth of resources of all the different conferences that are going on. And, you know, oddly enough, in the last two years, a lot of those have been free. And it's really great resource to sit and listen to, again, uh, people that have been in your shoes in the last 10 years or last five years sharing their experiences and saying, you know, hey, we had to rebrand our website. This is how we built it. Um, We had to move into digital and, and, you know, a whole new email space. This is how we built it. And the more you participate in those conferences, those webinars and things from those groups, the more you learn. Um, You know, sometimes when you do it from a corporate perspective or or a solution, you know, Adobe is really good at their their conferences and everything. You get a little bit of the lens through, you know, what that corporate vision is, Salesforce or Adobe or anybody along those lines. But when you find a group like HiAdWeb or EduWeb or any of the other groups that are kind of doing it as a a gathering of professionals in higher ed, you get more of the open sharing of, yeah, this is where we had a problem. This is where where this failed and this is where we tried it and it broke and then we rebuilt it again. And to me, that's the experience you get. I'm actually a member on high ed webs Slack group. That's a, I think a pretty good resource too. And if you're looking for a job, they have job postings all the time. I think that's the most active channel on there too. So yeah, I was going to say that there's, job postings, there's, you know, different discussion groups around analytics or right. uh, ally and, you know, being really kind of focused on, um, you know, the technology behind having accessible and inclusive websites, things like that, that are really important to us in higher ed. Those conversations happen all the time. And again, everybody's so willing to like help and be like, oh, we did this, you should try this. And so to me, that's a great community to have. Got it, thank you. 
Great. Well, um, it was great having you on today. I don't want to make this super long. So uh, thanks so much for your time, Martin, and all the advice you just gave us and information. I really didn't know much about alumni marketing. So that was you're the first alumni marketer I've talked to on this. So that was super interesting. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It's been great to have a conversation. So any questions you have, just know where to find me. Yep. Where, where can people find you, by the way? Uh, do you have a LinkedIn, a Twitter? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn at Mark Sikafoos. It's M-A-R-T-S-I-C-K-A-F-O-O-S-E. Um, you can email me at mart, M-A-R-T, at purdue.edu uh, if you have any questions there. Awesome. Thank you, Martin. Thanks for your time. Thank you.